Good to have you with us today. Um, I'm liking the fall weather. Anybody else like the seasons change? I, I like it. I, uh, it's, it's about hunting season now, so, you know, that's a good thing. All the women are like, I don't think it's so good. But uh, it is if you're a man and you like to hunt, so that's good. Hey, we, you know, we're, we're just excited about what's going on. We're, you know, doing everything. As your pastors, we assess a lot of stuff. And, I, you know, so we look at stuff that, like, okay, we've run it for a while. Did it work? What's the fruit from that, God? Did we do something? Did we miss something? Did we do this? Did we do that? So we're always going over. We want to make this a, the best experience. Okay, now, now understanding, I don't want to be so seeker-friendly. I forget who we're here for. So you got to understand that. But uh, to the point of, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. I want this place to be a place where you come and you can live to learn life on purpose. And so we're excited about what we're doing and changes that are up and coming and good things are happening. we got a great bunch of people, dream teamers. Uh, We are in process of planning your Christmas party. Uh, So we're excited about that. And that obviously, the church covers all of that. We're, We're just glad to have you on board. Good things are happening, but you know, here in life, how many knows that we all have struggles? And I don't care who you are, and, and church is, is geared things this way. We almost think religion has, has told us, um, you know, I don't want to, if I go to church, it's going to cost me, you know, what they're going to this or that, and I have to go, I'll be inconvenienced, I'll be this. I'm, that's religion talking, you know, when we understand what passion is and what we are about and what God is doing in our life, it, some of the things is just natural. I mean, for me, I'm passionate about um, preaching and speaking, so it, it's not work for me. I mean, do I get tired? Uh, yeah, I guess I get tired, but people say, well, what, what happens when the church grows and you got to preach five times? I'm like, I get to preach five times because that's what I've, I get fuel from that. So I, I'm good with that. I, I get excited about that. But what we end up doing is we take church and we kind of like, ah, what if we would look at things the way God looks at them? See, because people will say, well, you're the pastor, so you have to be ultra-spiritual. You know what? I'm a person just like you. I'm not saying this because I'm not ultra-spiritual. I'm not trying to be ultra-spiritual. I'm just saying you're as spiritual as I am if you're doing what you're called to do. Past, uh, this is just the title. It's, my, it's what God has called me to do, so that's my passion. So if, wouldn't you like to live your life doing your passion? So that's what we want to talk about, but we're living our lives kind of under the bar sometimes because the enemy is really good about getting us afraid. So we live in fear. And so today we're going to talk about fighting fear. We're going to talk about living free. In the next three weeks, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about worry. And we're going to talk about stress and pressure. And we all get that. I don't care what age you are. You still have those kind of things. But today we're going to talk about fear. Fear is just faith backwards. It is faith perverted. It is, you know, uh, you see a clip uh, I saw on TV where they're about to launch a show. Kids say the darndest things. Did you see the clip? And the, the, the lady said to the little girl, uh, what's your name? And so she tells her and he, she goes, can you spell that backwards? So if I said faith, let's say F-A-I-T-H. Can you spell that backwards? The little girl turns around and goes F-A-I-T-H. I just thought that was funny. <clears throat> but anyway. Uh, you know, isn't that fear is just we look at something and then in our natural mind, we start letting our our natural self take over and we start assuming and things start happening and we start listening to things from the enemy, condemnation and all of those things. 
So fear is a tool of the enemy. He uses it. He watches how you respond. He springboards off that. Because the enemy is not all-knowing. He's not omniscient. He, he responds by how you respond, how you react, what you do. How many knows we're saved by grace? So in the kingdom, it is not what you do that gets you saved. But what you do does rely on, on how you walk in victory is dependent on how you believe and what you do. How many understand faith without works is dead? So we got to understand those concepts. But we, we have this, oh, Lord, I'm, a, I'm afraid. I'm in fear of the past. I, you know, or I'm a fear of the now, of the present. Or we have people that are afraid of the future. Everyone has fears at one time or another. One author wrote this. All of us are born with a set of instinctive fears. Fear of falling. How many have ever had a dream where you're falling and, ah, and then you wake up? Me. Great. Thanks. I was afraid of that. <laughs> no. uh, so, you know, or just uh, scary images. I, I have never liked horror movies. Never have, never will. Don't like, don't like any of those. Never will. Because they put, you know, so it's just like, ah, it's just, to me, I, I don't like that. So we have all those kind of things. Now, my sister, she's here, so I'm going to make fun of her. Uh, well, she, no, she's not here. She's holding the baby, isn't she? Oh, bless God. Let's make fun of her even more. <laughs> when I was growing up, I had to get my sister back because my sister was awesome. But she was, my mom would give her stuff and say, split this with your brother. Don't ever let your sister split things with you because she doesn't know anything. She would break it off and mom would watch that part. Sometimes if mom didn't watch, I got this piece and she got that piece. But then she'd go, okay, now give your brother. And my mom would turn around. My sister would shove hers in her mouth and lick mine. <laughs> well, then I don't want it. She'd get all of it. And she'd just be smiling. So, that in retrospect, here we go. My sister had a fear of Miller's. I would just look at her and say, there's a Miller in your hair. You want to see spastic? Waving her hands, screaming, running around. It was awesome. I would tell her, it's probably going to lay eggs. I don't even know if Miller's lay eggs. Good times. Some of you dads have the fear of these words. At Christmas especially. Some assembly required. You ever bought your kids something? I mean, I've done that two or three in the morning. I'm trying to put together a bike or a wagon or, a, you know, a Betty Cook-a-Lot or whatever it is. You know, I'm so, you know, and then you have all these parts left over if you're a dude because you usually don't read the instructions and go, eh, I don't know if we need those. It seems like it's together. <laughs> Here's some of the most common fears that people have. Speaking in public. One of those right up at the top, and here's the other one. We're afraid of what people think about us. What they might think. It's comforting to know that God's not surprised by what you're afraid of. He says, in the Bible, fear not, 366 times. That's pretty amazing. I mean, that's even more than once a day. I love what he says in Joshua 1.9. God does not want you to live in fear. This is one of my favorite scriptures. This is my command. This is a command. He's saying, I'm telling you this. He's not, this is a suggestion. This is a command. 
He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you. It's easy to read, don't be afraid. It's easy for somebody to say, don't be afraid. If you're going through something, whether it's sickness or, or just fighting whatever in your mind, it is so easy for somebody else to say, and really, let's just be honest, most of the people that say that aren't trying to be malicious. They're saying, you don't have to, it's going to be okay. Shut up. Isn't that what you want to say? You've not been slapped today. It's probably not really Christian-like, but I mean, sometimes when you're going through the heat of it, it's hard to hear because it's easy on the outside. You never thought, oh, it'll be easier when I'm there. If you're there, sometimes how many know it's not so easy? But God wants you to live life to the fullest. He wants you to be fully alive. Keep doing what he wants you to do and be passionate about it. He wants you to live a life that you've dreamed about. Now, I want you to listen to me. Fear operates by being used by you. Faith operates by being used by you. Fear or faith, they operate by you using them. If we don't deal with our fears, what do they turn into? Well, in the medical field, they turn into phobias. And how many phobias? I think they make stuff up just so you can take more medication so they can make more money and... That's good, Brad. Go. Okay, thanks. Phobias. Fear of whatever. Fear of Millers. Uh, they say there's over 600 phobias and they're still growing. That's nuts. Well, let's figure this out. Now, we've all heard the, the phrase, and it was made famous by uh, Tom Hanks being Forrest Gump saying about life being a box of chocolates. We understand that. But I think it's more accurate to say this. Life is like a jar of jalapenos. What you say today will burn your butt tomorrow. Some of you are like, I've been eating jalapenos all my life. That's why I'm in the shape I'm in. Do you understand? I mean, we just have to use wisdom. Isn't there something so good about wisdom? And I, and I you know, I'm entertainment sometimes for heaven. I get it. But, you know, just being wise or just stepping back and saying, okay, God, what do you want me to say? Here's, I've got four thoughts today that we're going to help fight fear, okay? We got to admit that if we're going to fight something, we need something bigger than what we're fighting, amen? So what do we do? So here's our first thought. We pray. We tell God. God is bigger than anything you may face. Joyce Meyer said it this way, and I love this, go to the throne and not the phone. And so many times, man, we're just like, I'm facing this, and did you hear? I mean, I love prayer chains. I mean, I get it. And we have, you know, we have people we pray here, and we, we believe in prayer. Prayer is one of the foundations. We love that. But we were, on, we were actually pastoring a church, and we started... We had a prayer chain, and this is what happens because somebody, just even in prayer, and it's not intentional, but we have to get our facts right, right? Look at me and nod so I know you're with me, okay? If you're still asleep, I will wake you up before the service is over. We have wired these chairs, and at my signal, no. <laughs> anyway, it started out with some kid uh, that somebody knew wrecked on his bike, and, and, and skinned his knee pretty bad and ended up, I guess, needing stitches. By the time it got through the end of the chain, he was in kidney failure. 
because it was a kid and a knee and it ended up somebody's in kidney failure and you know, you know I'm thinking I got to rush to the hospital that wasn't what happened at all fear tends to take things and just you ever went to the emergency room and you found out you really didn't have to go but in the moment you felt like I need to go because how many know th the enemy tries to talk louder than what the truth and he's going to try to convince you <laughs> so what do we do we tell God, admitting we need help, it's okay to admit you're afraid. And this is what I love about God. If you're going to God, you're in a safe zone. If I've got to tell God, hey, God, this is something I'm afraid of, it's not public knowledge, so to speak. It's not for the enemy. It's just not free reign on the enemy because I'm with God. The very presence of God will keep out the enemy. Help me, somebody. I'm just saying, when I'm going to God and I'm vulnerable, he knows that. Psalm 91 says, he covers me with his wings. So when I get in his presence, I can tell him, this is... How many want your children to be able to come to you and go, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what happened. This is how I'm getting bullied, or this or that or that. We get it. But you need a place that you can go and you know it's safe. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess to God. Because he's bigger than anything I'm afraid of. So what are you giving voice to? And I'm guilty of this. I'm just being as vulnerable as I can. Sometimes I've said stuff that's stupid. Shocking, isn't it? But I'll say something, and Kim will say, Brett, I don't think that's right. So if you're a guest today, this is my lovely wife. She was on the keyboard. She'll say, I don't think that's right. And this was my response. God knows my heart. And isn't that true? God knows your heart. Listen to what I'm about to say. In the spiritual realm, they don't go by what you meant. They go by what you said. That's why Jesus said, you have to say to this mountain. He's not saying, we're not, we spend so much time telling God about our mountain. And Jesus is saying, you go tell your mountain about God. It's time for us to be able to say, listen, I've not only prayed, I have confessed. God has equipped me. His armor is with me. Greater is he that's in me. I, I'm telling you, I, I can't wait to even get to pass this series. Because when God says you're the head, not the tail, he's given you brains. Boy, what happens if we use them? Sometimes when we think of the head, not the tail, we're just like, oh, we're just going to be I'm number one. Second place is first place loser. <laughs> no, he's talking about you can use wisdom. And you can do the things that God wants you to do and be who God wants you to be. What you say is what things go into action for the kingdom, for God, or the enemy. Faith works by you. Fear works by you. So what's occupying your brain? Are you feeding your thoughts with the stuff the enemy's putting in or stuff contrary to the word, stuff that just goes against the book? Because that's, that's what you're going to start thinking. That's what you're going to start acting. You have to start telling that mountain about God. So let me ask you, before we go any further, what are you afraid of? Are you just afraid of people? I don't want people to think I, I want to. I, I. How many used to, you went to school and you just hated it if you thought somebody didn't like you? I got people that don't like me and I don't even know them. Worked at Honda seven years so I could do what I'm doing today. I was going to school and working, raising a family and all that stuff. 
I remember going into the lunchroom, and they, you know, because I was, I was called preacher man. Oh, this is Jesus guy and all that stuff. Because if you, you're full of God, I'm not just, it's just who you are. I mean, people just see there's, you know, in their eyes, you're either different or, you know, you're just a, a God freak or whatever. But they said, hey, there's a dude in the lunchroom, and he's a Satanist. And he is a devil worshiper, and oh, you should go in the lunchroom. Well, everybody goes in the lunchroom unless you go out to your car. So I went in the lunchroom, and I'm not sure how this happened unless they went and sicked him on me. I don't know. But I went in the lunchroom, and he's following me around. He's got two or three guys following me around, and he's all weird looking and stuff. And, and that, you know, I'm okay with people. Do you like tattoos? I don't mind tattoos. Do you like piercings? Jesus got pierced for us. I'm, it's okay. I don't bother me. It's not. You want to pierce your body? That's up to you. Look at you. There is a scripture that says God has you tattooed on the palm of his hand. But anyway, that's uh, beside that. But anyway, this guy's, he's, he's, I'm going through line getting lunch and he's growling at me. And immediately, I didn't even share this in the first service, fear was trying to overtake me. I can feel my hands starting to shake. Now, and my wife will tell you, I'm a fighter. So, you know, I'm like, okay. Uh, is this going to be like fight or flight or what's going to happen here? And so I'm moving my tray down and he just keeps, he's coming behind me as other guys are behind me and they're growling and stuff like that. And then it just hit me. I don't have to be afraid. So I set my tray down. I walked over to the place where you get utensils and he walks over beside me and, and uh, he looks over and growls at me. And so I just leaned in and I went, Jesus. And he goes, ah, like that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm on to something. And so then I picked up my tray and I started following him. And he was just like, ah. And he went over and sat down and I just left him alone. My point is, you serve something much bigger than anything the devil can ever conjure up. And if you'll trust in him and you'll get with God, you don't have to live in fear. What's holding you back? What is the dream that you're saying, God, I see myself this. I see myself. I see my family together. I see wholeness. But, but bread, I'm broken. You won't stay broken because you have a God bigger than broken. The world says if it's broke, throw it away. God says when it's broke, I can now fix it. That's what God is about. Some of us, it's just fear of rejection. Ah, oh, i got to be accepted. So when we tell God he's a safe place. Now, this is what people will say. Remember, remember the demon at the Gadarenes? The guy's running around. He's nuts. He's naked, and he's cutting himself. And, and he breaks chains, and everybody's afraid of him because he's already made that known. And Jesus says, what's your name? I don't recommend that. Unless God is telling you to do that. If God's telling you to do that, then do that. I mean, I've been at different places and had to administer deliverance and had to specifically find out what. I, now, now, and I want you to hear me. Why did Jesus do that? Well, number one, people are like, well, he's Jesus. Did you know that Jesus said you can do everything he did and greater? So that's why when I could look at that guy and say, Jesus, the guy's like, ooh, I don't like that. And you know why? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I'm able to do that. That's good. So can you. 
But Jesus is doing that so he can be specific. And people are like, well, I don't, I don't want to call that stuff in. Friend, they're already in. That's what you're afraid of. We're going to call it out. So instead of a shotgun and just blasting, God is love. We already know that. Legion, time for you to go. Why do you think Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth? Because if he would have just said, come forth, everybody in the grave would have been, hey. It would have, have been a whole grave party. This is great. But he had to be specific. So this is what I'm telling you. It's okay to confess to God because it's safe. But then call that thing out so you can rifle that. The Bible says, I love this, and if you're writing a scripture, here's a good one. It's not going to be on the, the screen. Revelation 12, 11, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That means you are in covenant with God because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of what he did, died for you. Your sins are washed. You're clean. Because of your relationship with him. The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What's your word? What does God say about what you're afraid about? What is God saying? Say that. Say to the mountain the end result. When they say, oh, you're going to do this. I will not. You will watch me be restored. You will see it happen by the grace of God. I will not stay poor. God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. My family will thrive. We will do more than survive. It'll be what God says, not what the enemy says. You're going to get specific so that you can say, I am not going to be afraid of you anymore. I am not going to deal with this. Jesus has already dealt with you. You deal with that. Our second thought this morning is you're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to take a risk. I don't want to be a risk. I don't want to do that. Faith without works is dead. You see, faith is stuff you can't see. It's in the unseen world. You're believing in the seen world for the unseen. Oh, my. So you're going to believe the stuff that God tells you. You're going to speak the end result. Brett, I'm in pain. Don't talk to your pain. Tell your pain to go. And say, thank you, God, I'm healed. I'm totally healed in Jesus' name. I don't care what kind of pain you're in. Don't give your pain the voice. Give God the voice. Speak to your mountain. That's hard. Yes, it's hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Listen, Skippy, if you had this down... We'd all be better, wouldn't we? But I don't care who you are. We all have things that we got to remember. I was just talking to Sheila, and it's just so easy sometimes. You get in the groove, and everything's working good. You're like that Olympic skater. And everything, man, you're just zipping along, and everything's fine. And then somewhere along the way, you just got so used to everything, you kind of forgot to do a couple things. And you just get in the norm, and then pretty soon you find out, I'm out of the loop you got to get yourself back. You're going to have to take a faith risk. You're going to have to say, God, I need you. Believe God, take him at his word, and use it like a sword. It's not always so easy to do, especially when you're in the middle of it. The enemy works in your five-sense realm. Seeing, touching, smelling, tasting, all of those. Hearing. Because, now think about this. He's not, he's not omnipresent. 
nor is he omniscient. He's not all-knowing. He can't be everywhere at the same time. So he responds by how you react. Are you with me? So when he feeds you stuff and you respond to it, he's like, pour it on, pour it on. Hey, we got more bricks on the pile. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And he'll do it. But if you start saying, you know what? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Not going to do that. Not going to harbor that thought. Not going to feed that. No, I'm not going to do that. And you begin to start quoting. He's going to like, hey, 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 let's find somebody else that maybe is just not as religious as they are. That's not religion. That's relationship, guys. That's just relationship. That's just flat out. You know what? That's Jesus. Nobody talks about my Jesus. He takes good care of me. You know what I'm saying? That's just relationship. You know, there's, there's times that you got to understand whose allegiance you're with. I managed a fitness center for years. And that, okay, that's fine. Did all kinds of stuff. And I, when I started seeing PK, started seeing Pastor Kim, we weren't pastors at the time. But she's always been good looking. I mean, she's all. If she walked in anywhere, there'd be, wow. I had to deal with that all my life. That's a good thing. Because I get the spoils. That's a good thing. She's beautiful. But I remember being in, and we had a guy come in, a new guy, causing all kinds of trouble. And I wasn't in the back. They came. This is, I, was, I wasn't managing this particular facility. I was just on staff, but the manager was gone. So I was in charge. So came in, caused problems. And one of the workers came and said, hey, Brett, you, you got to come back. And this guy is just causing trouble back here in the weight room. And he was a big guy. He's just, you know, and he just, I don't know. I don't know if he'd been drinking, smoking. I don't know. <laughs> but he was causing trouble, and I said, buddy, you're going to need to calm down. And he went off on me. I said, you're going to have to calm down, or we're going to have to ask you to leave, or, you know, we're going to call the police. And so the con- confrontation happened. You know, and again, she knows how I was before. And so he's, and I'm like, I'm good, because I'm in charge. I'm like, you know, you can just do that. I turned to the one guy that was with me. I said, his name was Gary. I said, why don't you just go ahead and phone the police, and we'll get them here. And he said something about her. He doesn't know her. He doesn't know me. He just knew about me because he was asking people or whatever and said something about her. To which my coworker said, you're dead, I'm out. And just walked away, and I'm, it was every bit of restraint I could do. And I won't finish the story other than he left. You can fill in the blank. <laughs> what I'm saying, the enemy can't be everywhere at one time, and he goes by response. God knows, he does know your heart. But in fact, it is your will that has to grab and take hold of the faith that is deposited in you that he put there to make that work. Or you can feed the other, and the enemy will take great advantage of that. I grew up with a mom and dad. Now, when I was growing up, there wasn't, I don't even think there was homeschool. Maybe there was, I don't know. Maybe in some parts of the world there's homeschool, maybe. I don't know. But we just went to school. Anybody just, that was all I knew, we just go to school. But my mom was always, you know, she's like, okay, have a good day. Love you, bye. You know, she was never, she always 
She didn't embrace like, hey, have a risky day. When you walk across the street, just look one way. You're the greatest speed bump there is. Love you. Take chances. She didn't do anything like that. She was always, be safe. You know, we dropped Maddie off at work. We're always like, keep your cell phone on you. Don't go with anybody. Watch your bottom. So I'm... How do you do that? But she goes, I know, I know. You know, what she's trying to tell her is, you know, just be smart. Be wise. Believe for the best. Think about Jesus getting out and walking on the water and Peter getting out of the boat. Now, his natural senses would say, that's water. I can't walk on that. I've never seen anybody walk on water. But you got to understand, Jesus is calling him. If Jesus is calling you to do... See, if you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do something you've never done. You're going to have to step out of the boat and do something that God is calling you to do. Now, just to be risky, just to be risky, I think I'll do that. I'm going to jump out of this, this plane without a parachute. That's just stupid. But if God is telling you, listen, I want you to do this. I want you to start this business. I want you to start this. I want you to do that. I want you to give this. I want, whatever that is, if God is telling you to do that, that's faith. And if you have a peace, you follow that. It's amazing. Peter, can you imagine the first step and not sinking? Would that have been cool? Oh, my word. I would be like, oh, but because Jesus is calling you, that's the thing. That's what it leads to. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing the right thing even when you're afraid. Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. John Wayne stated that courage was just being afraid, but saddling up anyway, pilgrim. So you're still doing it. Courage is, is rejecting some of what's easiest to do, but maybe saying, God, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. Courage is facing some of those things that are saying, don't do it. Think about the, 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 the guys that are saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Think about blind Bartimaeus. Be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Jesus! He's going to get his attention because fear is yelling at him. But I'm telling you, I'm looking at people that faith is going to yell just a little bit louder. You're going to grab something that God has had for you. So then embrace it. Lack of action adds fuel to fear. It's procrastination. And we don't have a life group on procrastination. We did, but they meet tomorrow. Okay. I love this. Now, th this is incredible because you're in training. Sometimes we're doing things that we don't understand. God, I don't even know why I'm here. Why do you got me here? I have people come to me, PB, I'm the only Christian here. Hello. Because that's why somebody has to be the light. Or why am I doing this? I, I don't even like this. Or, you know, I'm good at this, but this isn't what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Sometimes we're doing things and we think that we're lost. But God has you doing something and you're in training for something else. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't even know what's going on, but you have something inside that's saying, I'm learning. Life is school. So if you're doing stuff and you're going to like, this was, all, this, wasn't, this was bad. Then learn from the bad. And make it work. Thomas Edison said... Uh, Took him a thousand, over a thousand times to figure out a light bulb. And he said, you failed a thousand times. He said, no, I didn't. I just found out a thousand ways it didn't work. You see, attitude is everything. 
you're in training to do this. And sometimes we think, okay, I don't even know, but all right. But what if we had an attitude, God, show me what you want me to learn. Check this video out. Come here. Check it on. Miss Han, I already check it on. Check it on. We'll have a jacket. Check it on. Remember, always strong. Check it off. Strong. Left foot back. Right feet back. Left feet back. Pick up his jacket. Focus. Always concentrate. Left back. Right foot back. Pick up his jacket. Stay. an amazing clip you're in training there are things that are going on that you might not understand but one time along this trail sometime you'll be like that's why that's why you had me learn that you think patience has just dropped on you some of you isn't that required it's a required taste there's things that happen that will make you active i gotta have me patience how many have kids hello my wife, I'd come home from work and she'd be like, <laughs> real people. Because I didn't want apple juice or, you know, crackers or something. Talk to me. Tell me about your day. And I'd say, it was good. Because guys, we just, you know, we use up all our words in a short period of time. And women do not. They, they say a lot more words. But <laughs> You'll be sleeping alone tonight. <laughs> You are in training. God's going to show you some stuff. And you are thinking you're doing this, but yet along the trail you'll figure out why. There's things that you need to sharpen the skills that you have. And the things that God is taking you. Sometimes you're like, I don't get it. You will when it's over. You will because he'll reveal it. Come on, he's a light. He, he lights my path. His word, it's a lamp unto my feet. He takes me from glory to glory because God Almighty is not going to leave you stuck in the muck. 
He's going to bring you out if you'll have faith and follow him. God is bigger than anything you face. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5. We are human. We don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy these, these false arguments or destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Paul's talking about your thinking. He's talking about what happens in your mind. Don't give life to what the enemy is putting in your brain. Do you know the statistics say that probably 85 to 90 some percent of what you worry about doesn't even happen? We just worry about it. We assume it's going to get you. You don't need that. We're going to talk about worry and pressure and all of that in the next two weeks. Here's our next thought. Don't let go of the wheel. Stay focused. Don't be fooled. Keep your guard up. Someone's at the door. What do you mean? I'm just saying fear is trying to get you. And here's something I would love to leave out. I, I got to tell you, though. Fear is going to try to come back. Brett, don't tell me that. Fear is going to try to come back. You need to be more positive. Okay, and positive fear is going to try to come back. And you're going to have to understand you cannot let go of the wheel. You can't be hot one minute and cold the next. Because you're going to find yourself, you can't drive that way. You're going to have to keep both hands on the wheel. You're going to have to stay focused. You're going to have to stay on board. You're going to have to stay connected. That's why when we offer life groups, it's great to do life together. Big change happens in small groups, man. You can pray for one another. You can believe with one another. We get all these things, all these thoughts. I'm not good enough. I can't do a life group. I couldn't even go to one. I, what if I don't know my Bible? Or, you know, we're not, this isn't Harvard. Do you love God? Do you have a heart that wants to serve him? We can use you. What about my past? What about your past? The blood works or it doesn't. Here's our last thought. Take dominion. You got to put your hand to it. Action is required. You got to stand on what God has said. Let me just say this. When we talk about getting the kingdom involved, the kingdom can't get involved if you're not involved. If you don't put your hand to it, you see, we blame God for crop failure when we don't sow or anything. Or we have a mailbox mentality. I'm just believing God for all kinds of money. It's okay to believe God. I, please understand me. But I'm trying to teach you how the kingdom works. Could God use somebody else to send you money? Sure he could. But you got to understand, that's because of their involvement in the kingdom. But most generally, he's going to give you an idea and a concept, going back to what I just briefly talked about, you being the head. And he's going to say, do that. And you will put your hand to it, thus your net will be involved. You see, some of us are believing for big fish, can your net handle a big fish? And this is what, and again, I'll, I'll, we'll do this in a few weeks. But this is what we think in America. We're believing God for this big amount to do something, pay off the house or do whatever. Can your net pay off the house? What are you using 
What are you believing for? How are you sowing? That's a whole nother concept. But if we put our hand to it. See, this is what we think in America. If my net is not big enough and I want, say if I wanted a certain kind of car and I needed $10,000 for it. If my net can't handle $10,000, then I'll, this is what America says. I'll never get that car. I guess I'll just be destined to never get that car. Instead of thinking this, maybe I need to get a net and fish in a different pond. What if God gave me an idea that would handle that? Help me, God. Help me to take dominion. Help me to be who you want me to be. You see, if you fail, God doesn't. And he'll hold you. He'll tell you, hey, Brett, this is where you did wrong. Hey, you messed up here. I, yeah, I did. Because God doesn't mess up. But he'll help me so I can learn and say, you know what? That didn't work. I'm not going to do it that way again. You see, this is what we do in America sometimes. We are part-time believers. We believe God on a part-time basis. When we need him, that's when we want him. It's kind of like police officers. You have people that, I don't like cops until they're in trouble. Then they can't get there quick enough. You can't be a part-time believer and expect full-time benefits. Now, I'm not saying you don't get benefited by just believing God. I, I, please understand me. But I'm just saying to walk in blessing and not in fear, whatever you're afraid of, you're going to have to take a risk. You're going to have to grab a hold of the wheel and not let go. There's nothing that can happen to you that you and God cannot take care of. This might be your story. God, so far today, I've not cussed been angry, gave mean looks, haven't stolen anything, haven't thought any bad thoughts, not had road rage, haven't given anyone the finger, haven't gambled, but God, I'm about to get out of bed now. Does that sound like your life? Let's make some changes. You're on a journey. Let's do it with God. Let's do it His way. Let's do it with faith. And if you make a mistake, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to read you two scriptures, okay? And we're done. I taught all of my kids how to ride a bike. I love my kids. Anybody that knows me knows how I feel about my kids, my wife, my family, my sister's kids, and, and their family. I remember Mallory, just little, she got her first bike. We're going to go riding. So I told her how to do it. Daddy, I'm afraid. I know you're afraid, but I'm going to run right here beside you. And I ran right beside her first. I was holding the handlebar and the seat right here. Now pedal. For a while, she wasn't even pedaling. Honey, you have to pedal. Now think about this faith illustration. If you don't pedal, I'm just, but after a while, I, my push, your bike's going to stop. So she pedaled. We learned it. Then I took my hand off the steering wheel. You steer it. Okay, then she, Daddy, I, I got it. You got it, baby. You got it. Now don't let go. I won't let go. So we did it a lot. We were there was a parking lot, and then I thought I'm going to let her when I let go of the bike, let her ride in the grass, because if she crashes in the grass, that's a lot more forgiving than the blacktop. 
So that's what I did. And she crashed. And so, I, you know, I run beside her and she goes, don't let go. And I said, it's going to be okay. You look forward. You just stay focused and you pedal. Okay, daddy, okay. And I let go and she took off and man, one, two, I'm counting them, four, five, six, eight pedals. And then she went, and I remember being like, and then she rolled over in the grass and she goes, yeah, that's what God's going to do. And I ran over there. I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, I did it, daddy. I did it. That's what God's going to do with you. He's going to ride right beside you. And he's going to hold on to you a little tighter at first because your faith is getting used to it. But he's going to say, I'm right here. Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. You got this. We got this. And he's going to let you go. But he's never going to be out of reach. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Psalm 27, 1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Psalm 118, 6, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Father, with every head bowed, every eye closed, with these wonderful people that are in this room, what a privilege to speak your word. If you're here today and you're saying PB or you're online, we're so glad you tuned in with us. And you're saying, that's me. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Would you pray with me? I just want you to raise your hand where you are. I'll pray with you. Anybody will make it right now. We'll make that commitment. Yes. Yes. This is your time. Everybody say this prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward. I'll do my best to serve you the best I can. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.